This is the Pain Information Network. I had the privilege of speaking at the California Society of Interventional Pain Physicians, and it was a really good meeting, well-organized, and it was attended by some very, very good people. So guess what? I ambush them, and I get them on the podcast because I can't let them go. The type of educational background and skill set that these folks have, it's uh, second, second to none. I mean, it's the West Coast. I have the opportunity to talk to Lynn from Stanford, and uh, today you're going to hear from Lawrence Parr, who is a uh, physician at University of California, San Francisco, runs a pain program there, and our good friend Stan, Stan Helm, and others, the president of uh, ASIP, Aaron Kolodny, George Chang Chan, we're going to talk about regenerative medicine, and we're going to talk to some newcomers and some folks that have uh, longstanding wisdom. And also some vendors. That That's kind of nice because the vendors really help us. It, and they really provide excellent logistical support. So you get to hear from Christy Davies. And it, Dr. Stephen Grinstead is going to talk about uh, something near and dear to me, and that's addiction medicine. And they're starting a program in California that really mirrors a lot of what I'm doing in North Carolina. So this is this is great. To be a part of a, a meeting like this, I'm so grateful and thank everybody that invited me out there. They had the California Medical Board there, very insightful. They had a lot of folks from a lot of diverse backgrounds. As California is a very diverse state, but it's fun to be there. And let's face it, there is a California lifestyle. So anyway, I am interviewing today Stan and Lawrence. They're going to tell you all a little bit about themselves and where they come from and you know what it's all about. They're experts in spinal cord stimulation. And this is kind of the future, you know, this regenerative medicine, spinal cord stimulation, neuromodulation as we call it, is so important to the overall outcome of so many patients. And I think uh, we're going to see technology, as it always does, just kind of bowl over medicine. We're long due for it. We're starting to get some high-tech stuff in pain. We could use more. But I tell you what, you know what we need to do? We need to just listen to them. You don't need to listen to me. And uh, it was a fun morning conversation, beautiful day. So let's get to it. We're here today in California on a beautiful day, and we're at uh, the Bacara Resort, and I've got two extraordinarily gifted and well-known pain physicians that have done some lectures for us, for the good of all, at the California Interventional Pain Physicians, and it's a state component of the national side of the American Society of Interventional Pain Physicians. I have here Lawrence. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself, Lawrence. Hi, I'm uh, Lawrence Poré. I'm a professor of uh, anesthesiology and perioperative care at the University of California, San Francisco. Uh, I'm the uh, director of neuromodulation there, where I've been for the last uh, couple of years. Prior to that, 15 years in private practice. I've been on the North American Neuromodulation Society board for the last uh, 15 years, uh, five years, and the um, California Society for Interventional Pain Physicians for the last uh, four years. Who's to your left? Uh, this is uh, Dr. Uh, Stan Helms. And he's been on before. I've been on before, so I'll, I'll bypass the uh, introduction. He's an all-around great guy. 
So he has his lovely wife here today, too. So, okay, we heard a really good lecture this morning, and I, I just want to recap some of the highlights. We're always interested in access to care. That's a, that's a theme that we revisit and revisit because medicine is under threat, and we don't know what's going to happen. We have a new president now. We don't know where things are going. But in particular, California may lose one of its most important and useful technologies, spinal cord stimulation. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, spinal cord stimulation has uh, been around since the uh, 1960s and is a way of uh, modulating the uh, nervous system to reduce pain and hopefully for many of our patients uh, either reduce or uh, prevent them from having to uh, use a variety of medications, including opioids. We are currently uh, facing threat on the workers' comp side of things where the uh, Department of uh, Workers' Comp is putting significant limits on the usage of neuromodulation technologies, including spinal cord stimulation and intrathecal pumps. Some of the current claims from the department state that this is not useful for the management of back pain after surgery or even just standard back pain, and unfortunately misses many of the new reports um, and uh, experiments that have been uh, published. Uh, randomized clinical control trials uh, worldwide have shown that these uh, therapies are actually very beneficial and can uh, provide significant pain relief and a return to function and and, uh, normal activities. And it's definitely definitely a technology that is of worth. We wouldn't see other companies jumping in with both feet uh, if there wasn't a future in this. And it it affects not only the patients now, but patients-to-be. Now, Stan, in your practice, you are kind of a a front-end guy, and you want to offer these technologies, and you see some workers' comps. So what are you going to do? I think what we have to do is to work hard that uh, make sure that workers' compensation does not implement these changes. Specifically, what they want to do is use uh, what are called the ACOM guidelines, American, Academy, American College of Occupational Environmental Medicine guidelines, to determine the value of spinal cord stimulation. We live now in a world of evidence-based medicine, the ACOM guidelines purport to be evidence-based, but if you look at them, there is a very strong editorial bias, which is very frustrating, and they come to conclusions that spinal cord stimulation doesn't work. Now, Lawrence gave a talk this morning talking about new areas of spinal cord stimulation. We were able to get uh, treatment of complex regional pain syndrome and uh, radiculopathy after lumbar surgery. In the past, there's reasonable evidence for that. Uh, and there are exciting new areas with peripheral nerve stimulation for all kinds of problems, including even things like rheumatoid uh, arthritis. You bet. So and, and more. There were some more from head to toe. You head know, to drill toe. down on that. It, well, I'll let Lawrence talk into that because it, it was his talk. I would say, though, that if you want to understand spinal cord stimulation, there are three things that we can do with spinal cord stimulation. It's where we put the electrodes, so we can put them over a peripheral nerve, we can put them over the spinal cord, we can put them over the dorsal ganglion, we can put them over a general field that we want to cover. It's what you do with the electrodes once they're there, and we've got exciting new ways of stimulation with a higher charge density. So now, for example, we're moving into paresthesia-free stimulation at 10,000 hertz. It's at a frequency that the body doesn't detect. And the final thing is how you power the leads. There's now wireless technology that allows uh, peripheral nerve stimulation for um, all kinds of problems. For example, peripheral neuropathy, a huge problem. It's the hallmark of what neuropathic pain is, being treated by tibial nerve stimulation at the ankle. So these vistas are all in front of us, and we don't want to see them shut down because of a bureaucratic maneuver in the state. Well put. 
tell us uh, a little bit about uh, not only Safe, which is I thought it was very well done, but you also have a study going on that's really helping us just get uh, through the chaff and get to what spinal cord stimulation is all about. For example, I, I was delighted to see that there's some pretty good evidence that we can finally take care of pelvic pain and some of these nagging inguinal neuralgias that we have no options for. So go with that. So uh, I'll start with the safe because you're right. Uh, looking at any various therapy you have, you have to compare the various options to that therapy. And those options might be surgical uh, neurectomies where you actually go in and surgically cut a nerve and see what kind of benefit you get from that. So using these set of principles, uh, safe being uh, safety, uh, A being appropriateness, E being uh, school efficacy, um, and um, F being fiscal uh, neutrality. And... Um, these are the components that you have to use to compare any two particular types of therapy. And so now that we have the ability to focus our attention on specific smaller nerves next to the spinal cord that sort of go to specific areas, uh, we can actually sort of focus in on therapies that we couldn't even gain uh, access to with standard spinal cord stimulation. So the DRG stimulation or the dorsal root ganglion stimulation that go to the nerves that contribute to uh, the inguinal nerves that are uh, often injured after surgeries or uh, other types of injury can be uh, managed quite well without medications and and uh, provide a return to some normal function for patients. Yeah, I said drilling down. We're getting very specific. It used to be just kind of like a hand grenade. We, when I was doing it early on in the, in the early 90s, that dates me, we would put in a lead and it would just kind of go everywhere. And it was very hard to fine-tune. So tell us what dorsal root ganglion stimulation is and how we are starting to finally get it. So all nerves throughout the body, uh, from the neck on down, are transmitted via these nerves into small collections of nerve cells that lie just on the outside of the spinal um, canal. And each one of those goes to a very specific region. And it's a small hole with a small collection of nerves that's been difficult to get to and to modulate. With these new uh, electrodes that are very flexible, uh, the leads are like cooked angel hair pasta, and they can just lie right over the uh, collection of cells. And with varying the types of electrical stimulus uh, patterns that go over them, can control the way um, those nerve signals are transmitted to the spinal cord and then from the spinal cord to the brain. So what I like about this is that we're capturing control much sooner than we've ever captured it before with stimulation. So spinal cord stimulation, brain stimulation are all further down the track. If we can sort of stop the signal as it's just coming into the spinal cord, we have a much better success rate. And, and we can put these at numerous places in the body to affect certain changes at target tissues, for example, abdominal for example, you just mentioned the brain. Even even vagal stimulation, what does that do? So a lot of new uh, work out there on um, a vagal nerve stimulation. It started with treatment for epilepsy, but has uh, really exploded into understanding its role in management, a lot of the output of the autonomic nervous system, and how this nervous system, where we would think has some uh, electrical control over various organs, we now know has an electrobiochemical effect on a variety of conditions, including uh, rheumatoid arthritis, um, discussions about irritable bowel syndromes, and even uh, current uh, studies looking at uh, effects of peripheral nerve stimulation on diabetes. So the whole bioelectric medicine movement is growing rapidly and is um, 
uh, even gotten to be uh, in the popular press in Scientific America. So it's something that we can uh, look forward to seeing a lot more of in the future. And you mentioned NANS. What's that? NANS is the North American Neuromodulation Society. It's the uh, largest society in the world that focuses in on spinal cord stimulation, uh, peripheral nerve stimulation, brain stimulation, all sorts of electrical and electrochemical uh, technologies that are implanted into uh, patients who control disease states. Wow. I know it's a big organization. It's a huge meeting, and it's from many specialties, and they're all complementary, and we all have one goal, and that's to get the best outcome in each patient to minimize risk of opioids. You mentioned that in your lecture, which is clear. I'm going to be talking about that in a minute. Opioids are a big downside. Electrical stimulation is a big upside. What are your final thoughts on uh, what's, what's going to happen in the future? Well, I, I believe that as we get more refined technology, which we uh, currently have, we'll find that these therapies offer significant improvements over uh, uh, opioid therapy and many times over uh, other uh, neuropathic pain meds that cause significant side effects. We really have to be concerned about the real risk of all of our therapies, including the uh, risk of uh, organ damage and cognitive dysfunction from our medications. And ultimately, our main goal is to get people back to function as normally as possible. And I think this will be a, a key uh, source of that. Awesome. Okay. Stan, you? Yeah, just a couple of quick points. I think the SAFE principle that Lawrence described is a major shift, and I want to put it in some context. The intuitive approach that we used to use was the KISS approach, keep it simple, stupid. So you would start out with physical therapy, with exercise, maybe go to some anti-inflammatories, maybe go to some opioids, maybe go to injections, then on to uh, spinal cord stimulation. Uh, and after that surgery, or oftentimes what would happen is surgery would unfortunately precede spinal cord stimulation. Now, over time, we've come to realize that, gee, the anti-inflammatories aren't so benign. You have as many people dying from opioid overdoses are, as are dying from car accidents, and I think each one of those deaths are preventable death. You have a huge increase now in uh, heroin abuse. So the concept of using the medication what we used to think was very simple, now we are realizing is fraught with a lot of problems. The technology is developing with spinal cord stimulation so that spinal cord stimulation should be placed ahead of, or at least considered, uh, along with these other uh, modalities. The second issue is it's extremely important to carry on a political uh, effort to maintain access to spinal cord stimulation. Ultimately, what the American Society, the California Society of Interventional Pain Physicians is for is access of patients to safe, effective care. And they're at risk in California to losing that access, so we have to maintain the fight to allow patients access to the, um, this exciting and growing, uh, really, it, it's at the beginning of a new explosion of growth uh, field. Yeah, fight the good fight. So, guys, thanks, and you're leading the charge. Any final thoughts? Because, you know, I, I kind of ambushed you for this, and I appreciate your time, but I know everybody appreciates hearing about concourse simulation from a, the true experts, the people that are really using it, presenting it at meetings, and helping us understand that pain is not an opioid deficiency. You know, there are other things, and there have to be other things, because we are now moving rapidly into a technological world. And I'd say in uh final statement for me would be that it's important that we uh, have collaboration with our patient groups and advocacy groups as well as medical groups because it's going to be a combination of both that uh, lead the charge for change in uh, policy. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it a lot. Thank you.
Yeah, it's fun, and it's always great to sit with these people. I have to tell you, it's an honor to be around the type of people I'm around. These are uh, physicians of great intellect, of strong clinical background, that are willing to talk. They're willing to uh, express themselves to a newer generation and to educate. And that is what it's all about. The Hippocratic Oath, right? Yeah. This is real life. Hippocratic Oath. I want to thank both you guys. Um, You know, Stan always and Lauren said, welcome. Welcome. Thanks again for your input. I'm going to have you on again. So leave a review at iTunes and please go to paininformation.com and talk a little bit about them. You know, give them a little bit of encouragement because we read everything and we respond to all of our emails as, as best we can. And if you have suggestions, please do that. Leave a review at iTunes. I appreciate it so much. If you have questions how to do that, don't hesitate to let me know because there has been some question marks on how to leave a review. It's not easy. <laughs> I wish it was, but we can show you how. And any suggestions for the webpage, we're going to keep building it, but we're going to build it right. So anyway, it was fun. It always is. And we're gonna, we got some more subjects coming up. And I'll start releasing them as uh, soon as I can. And uh, it ought to start uh, stimulating us all. So great to have you. Come back. See us again. And we'll see you soon.